but greetings and welcome to the let's talk podcast this is the 80th episode that we are recording it is an honor a delight and a joy to have you listening to us we are on break from the five solas we shall resume uh, in the next few weeks but today we shall seek to tackle a topic uh, confession and repentance and we are privileged to have a guest with us mm. Uh, mm. But, uh, but before the guest utters any word i have my co-host Emmanuel Simil uh i'm Emmanuel Simil we are not on break we are winning the premier league <laughs> <laughs> yes yes we, we are on a win 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 form my name is Emmanuel Simil i am glad to join us for today's episode yes karibu sana our guest thank you so much and i am Adam Salbert Alando Triple A here yes live on air <laughs> I am the guest today and I am glad and uh, passionate to talk about this topic that we are yet to start. Are you today. on break too or are you winning? Uh, we are winning. Oh. It's not debatable. <laughs> <laughs> we are we, we 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 are lonely at the top. Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, for those who don't understand that reference we shall not be able to explain <laughs> so what is confession uh, uh, people confess like this one they are confessing their <laughs> their victory here yeah, people confess a lot of things uh, i think even before we started there is the mention of the scenario or the scene that took place at archives yeah. uh, <laughs> a young and hopeful and a loving man decided to make a a mega proposal during valentines yeah only to his to his oh and amazement uh, we have had of various confessions last year in august uh, some unnamed ibc officials uh, decided to come out with evidence that this and this happened mm, so confession can be bringing something that was hidden to the light that this is how i feel about you how do you feel about me and this is what i did or this is what happened hence this result came into place yeah adams anything else to add yeah i agree and always my definition of confession from yours mm. that it is to bring into light whatever is hidden mm-hmm. it is to make known whatever is unknown mm-hmm. and in the christian context which is what we are talking about here confession is not just confession standing alone but it is confession of sin mm. usually sin is whatever is hidden sin is whatever it's not known and it is in our lives and by confessing which the bible may also call confessing to each other it is an outward sign of a good work that God performs in our hearts mm-hmm. and we bring our sin out of us by mm-hmm. confessing without the shame because mm-hmm. we have been regenerated mm-hmm. and that is by word of mouth mm-hmm. uh, i think uh, romans 10:13 i see it says for whoever calls on the name of the lord shall be saved when he calls and that one is done using the mouth mm-hmm. yeah. 
what would you say when a profound statement has been made? <laughs> <laughs> when all you have in mind is the archives experience or something. Uh, to confess is simply to reveal something, um, reveal a truth, mm-hmm. maybe about yourself, about the nature of something you're doing, mm-hmm. just something. So confess comes out as that. And uh, in our Christian context, context it's mm. to um an outward expression as 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 Adams has said mm-hmm. of your your feelings mm-hmm. your truths mm-hmm. and most importantly your sins mm-hmm. which are quite a terrible thing before mm-hmm. the living lord mm-hmm. yeah but i think as we've been we've been speaking one thing has actually two have come to mind one is there is the existence of a false confession. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christ would warn them and say, uh, some of you will come to me saying, we, we did Lord, Lord in your name. We did all this in your name. We actually confessed of our faith in you, yet the Lord himself will say, I never knew you, you workers of mm-hmm. evil. Mm-hmm. And as Adams was sharing, is that uh, we confess something that is hidden. Maybe just to, to get to engage us. Why, why do we hide sin? Why do we feel like we need to hide sin? Uh, sin is... Uh, okay. You see, um, there's the tendency of trying to identify with mm-hmm. some certain image mm-hmm. and knowing that that is a sinful thing before people and before God, mm-hmm. you're afraid of what will they say about me? Mm-hmm. What will um, they say about my work? Mm-hmm. Am I a heathen? Mm-hmm. Am I an unbeliever? Mm-hmm. What happened to my faith? Mm-hmm. So I think there is the tendency to to publicize a figure that is um, anti-sin, mm-hmm. does not sin, mm-hmm. and when you fall into sin, mm-hmm. then you're you're afraid to come out mm-hmm. um, and declare that you are actually following. Mm-hmm. Why would why would sin be hidden? Mm. Well, for very many reasons. Yet for the very basic reason that sin is so pleasurable. Mm. I think of all pleasurable things, sin would be the most pleasurable. Uh, R.C. Sproul says mm. that the moment, at that very moment when I am sinning, I love my sin more than I love God. Mm. I mean, you have to hide it because it is so pleasurable. Mm. And the second reason is, uh, it is it is embraced by the unregenerate mm. and they are insensitive to mm. it. Mm. Some people do not hide sin, of mm. course, because they showcase it, because mm. they are insensitive to it. Mm. Pink would say they have got no sense mm. of the sinfulness of that sin. Mm. They would hide it. They have no reason mm. to dispose it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, sin is pleasurable. And sin is something we have, we have embraced. Yeah. And uh, one of our listeners is Makarudi. <laughs> and you always say give scriptural references. <laughs> yeah. So what I was referring to is in Matthew seven twenty one. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So you can you can refer back to that. It is it is not only the ones who profess Christ 
who will enter. It is also those who possess him in their lives and in their hearts and actually live live such a life. Uh, and also John, in First John chapter 1, verse 8, it says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth, and the truth is, is not in us. So there, there are two things. One can be a false confession of your love, your embrace, and your salvation. And the other can actually be out of pride where you say, you know what, I am without sin. This, uh, this grace that has been availed has made me sinless, spotless. Now I'm living fully in the light, yet that seems not to be the case in this portion of Scripture. And uh, I think one of the things Adams also mentioned was he alluded to repentance. Repentance as as an act that works together with confession. Yeah. So, Simu, anything on repentance? Um, All have sinned and fallen mm-hmm. short of the glory of God, mm-hmm. Romans 3. Mm-hmm. And uh, sin is a serious thing before the Lord. Um, and that's the reason as to why we, we are talking about confession mm-hmm. and repentance. Mm-hmm. That sin is not a mere mistake before God. Sin is is treason. Mm-hmm. You are vouching for something that is against a holy God. Mm-hmm. And God is to punish sin because the wages of sin and death. Mm-hmm. All have fallen short of his glory. Mm-hmm. And the wages of this sin is death. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sin is wrong. Mm-hmm. Sin is big. Mm-hmm. Sin is something that should not be taken lightly. And then what is our response? Knowing of who God is and what he wants us to be is to confess our sins, to acknowledge that we are indeed fallen short of his glory every day, um, reflective of him in his word. When we read God's word every day and the Lord reveals to us our hearts and the nature of our hearts is to confess it, is to denounce our sins, to have the um, reverential fear, the mm-hmm. holy, holy fear from the Lord, um, and and now go before the Lord in prayer and ask Him mm-hmm. to forgive us. It is repent, grieve over your sin in your hearts, mm-hmm. and then confess it to Him mm-hmm. and confess it to one another. Wow, um, repentance and and why? Mm-hmm. I think we have been talking about sin, mm-hmm. but it will also be proper if we go a bit deeper. Mm-hmm. If you look at uh, this, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, it says, mm-hmm. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That mm-hmm. is Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. You know, guys, what, what what sin says if in that verse, sin will say something like this. Mm-hmm. Thou shalt love the sin thy sin mm-hmm. with all thy heart, mm-hmm. your soul and mind. That one is in the book of Opinions, chapter 1, <laughs> verse 1. Yeah. You shall love it, the sin thy sin, because mm-hmm. it is yours anyway. Otherwise, to whom does it belong? Mm-hmm. It is yours. And David was a messed up man at one point in his life. And you see Psalms chapter 51 verse 4. There's something interesting that he says. He says, against you, you only have I sinned. 
because there is a continuation of that first line. Mm. Those that first line again is to you and you only have mm. I seen. You may sin against me, against your neighbor, against your parent, but he also in doing that, you are sinning against God. There is always a violation of God's command somewhere when you are sinning. And when we, when we talk of repentance, we must first mention this one then, that sin is outright, outright rebellion against God. J.C. Ryle will say it is the slightest deflection from the thin line of the commands of God. Slightest. You know, it doesn't have to be a very big thing you are doing here. The smallest departure from the law of God, you are a culprit. And repentance is your only way of surviving the hand of God. Yeah. I have a thought um, that... Jesus Christ is not beautiful until we understand the magnitude of our sins, mm. right? Jesus Christ, until we modify um, all these desires of the flesh, mm. all this sinful, the sinfulness of sin. Mm. It is a good book, you should really check it out, the mm. sinfulness of sin. Mm. Um, unless we understand how sin is a big deal to God, then we can never enjoy the beauty of Christ mm. Jesus. Yeah, um, as he also mentioned, David, there is, there is the parable of the prodigal son. And the, the thing with confession and repentance, it is not only the bringing to light of something that was hidden, but not only are you admitting guilt, but you're admitting it to someone who is guiltless. There is someone to whom you're directing your confession and repentance to. As you've read in uh, in Psalms 51, it is against you and you alone. It's like, wait, you also sinned against Uriah. Maybe you sinned against their parents, their relatives, and yeah. all these people. But it is like, he's going back to God, yet he has committed. It is not who you have sinned with, it is who you have sinned against. Similar to the prodigal son. I think I was reflecting on that, and then I'm wondering. Uh, he was involved in wild living. And wild living is wild living. So if it is if it is repentance or confession, you should maybe go to someone. Uh, it involves immorality. You slept with someone's daughter. You 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 are involved in orgies, drunkenness. It's like, why are you not going to this particular individual, so this foreign city? But he says, I will go back home and I will tell my father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. So it is admission of guilt and then admission of guilt to a guiltless entity. And in our case, that has to be, that has to be God. Maybe you can. Amazing. Uh, yes, it is out of a reverence. Mm-hmm. Then I, I would say um, uh, our attitude, what mm-hmm. is our attitude while mm-hmm. confessing? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not say the good ones and, yeah. and, and hide mm-hmm. the ugly ones. Mm-hmm. It is against you mm-hmm. have I sinned. Mm-hmm. It is, Lord, this is my heart. Mm-hmm. These are the good things and the bad. Mm-hmm. Only enough, there is no good sin. Yeah. Sin is sin before the sure. Lord. Uh-huh. So it is, it is what do we bring out? What uh-huh. do we repent mm-hmm. of? It is the truth of our hearts. Mm-hmm. The truth of our hearts is every other thing mm-hmm. is visible before God. Mm-hmm. Man, I fear 
reading Hebrews, uh, this part, Hebrews 11, that, that talks of God being, um, God seeing the intents of our hearts and judging also the desires of our hearts and the intents of our thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, there are many, there are many things, there are many times where we open our hearts to the Lord, mm-hmm. but then the Lord also understands our minds mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, Lord, you have mm-hmm. caught me red. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm red-handed. Mm-hmm. And it is our attitude towards um, the confession that mm-hmm. really, really matters. Mm-hmm. Do we have the reverential fear? Mm-hmm. Have we been filled with a godly sorrow mm-hmm. of our hearts mm-hmm. and the nature of our sins that we come before, mm-hmm. before the people we have sinned against mm-hmm. with the attitude of please forgive me, mm-hmm. I have done something against you. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me let me read this popular verse that people never care to finish. <laughs> and you see, there are several verses in the Bible. People read them halfway. Maybe because the last parts are never so nice. Yeah. And this is a very popular one. This is Exodus chapter 34, verse 6 to 7. You know it. Mm-hmm. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, is slow to anger, is abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. And mm. People stop there. Mm. I mean, an average pastor will read up to that point, right? Sure but that it is not the end of Exodus. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the end of it. So you see, even us right now, uh, when the last time you had someone reading, that, that, that's the point they got to. But, but look at this. But who will by no means clear the guilty? I mean, you're you not escaping out of God. This is, we are continuing. In fact, there is no full stop in that last paragraph. It's a comma. It's, it's, a, it's a sentence cut short. But who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of their fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation? Listen, the, the Lord will trace down a sinner like the FBI. <laughs> Red notice. Red notice. God will trace without repentance. You see, the way American forces trace suspects down to the very last one, God will look for them. And he says, He visits the iniquity of the father on the children. Then, on the children's children. He goes past Moses to the prophets. He will judge them. I mean, <laughs> let me make a funny statement. God will be so passionate about judging those who don't repent. He will be so passionate about it. And let me use the words of Jonathan Edwards, the author of Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. He says, the wrath of God awaiting those who do not repent are like the mighty waters that have been stopped for some time. And the longer they are held back, the mightier they are cause when they are released. Think of a river and, you know, you want to construct a dam so you stop the water. You see, the longer you hold that water, the, the big the wave will be when you finally open for it. That, 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 that is what is awaiting the impenitent heart. That... God is simply giving you time. And Jonathan Edwards will say that you are standing on a cobweb. 
And only the hand of God is holding it from below. And when he removes it, you're going to fall. You see? So I think repentance is key if we have this knowledge that sin is treason. Sproul says cosmic treason. It's like swearing in yourself. It's like swearing in yourself because God is mighty. God says, do this. Like the president of Kenya, do this. But you swear it yourself and you say, no, 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 no. You say what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to set exactly what I am going to do. What else can we call that if not cosmic treason? Right? And so, uh, Repentance is an urgent move that a sinner should make. Yeah, um, yeah, it is. It is quite. It is quite urgent. Yeah, and it does not stop at confession and repentance. I, I am. I am. I am taken back to one of the first first words of Christ in his ministry. He says, "The kingdom of God is at hand." He says repent and believe such that you have confessed your sin the word of the lord has come greatly upon your heart upon your soul and upon your life it is like what must we do to be saved they're told to repent a simple and urgent turning away from your sin but not only is it turning away from your sin you turn away from it into believing in christ and into walking with him Denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following Christ. Such that having laid down all your burdens, all your sin, and all your guilt, you have now to take up this new yoke that is easy, a new burden that is, that is light. Um, and maybe just one final thing on, on confession. Not only are we admitting guilt, we admit it for a reason. Uh, we admit it for pardon. It's like when you, when you come to someone to to tell them you're sorry, you're expecting forgiveness. And uh, one of the other detriments and effects of sin is, even in the parable of the prodigal son, he was, he was the son of his father. But now coming back, the statement or the speech he prepared was, I am not worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants, such that you lose a sense of value in the very eyes, or he lost a sense of value in the eyes of his father. And that is one that is one thing that we may take lightly. It's like, ah, it's just a sin, you know. It's, it's, it's not much. I've, I've just uh, slightly, you know, lied. I have, not, I have not gone so far. But in the eyes of God and in his sight, you are, you are unknown to him. You have become his enemy. You are an alien. He does not know you. And uh, maybe just to... To read Psalm 38, one of the uh, chapters that talk about sin, it says, Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Your arrows have pierced me and your hand has come down on me. Because of your wrath, there is no health in my body. There is no soundness in my bones because of my sin. So sin not only affects you spiritually and your relationship with God, but in this context David says that his own physical health was was disrupted 
or he became unhealthy even physically because of because of his sin oh. i uh, I'm, i'm recalling a certain analysis you made to the prodigal son story and you just said that you see this guy went out into the world interacted with various people sinned against them but when it came to the time of confessing and seeking forgiveness he does not visit all those guys he goes back to his father now i am learning here that that analysis would refute you know there are these people they are called uh let me let me let me look for this word let's talk about it's called atheistic moral platonism you remember plato the the, the greek worked with, sorry worked with aristotle what these guys did in greece they taught the greeks that it was possible to lead a moral life okay and in fact they even felt you should express your sorry and ask for forgiveness from someone but yet they did this without having a sense of god in it you know what moralists do albert einstein is a, was a moralist he believed you should behave properly towards your fellow neighbor but he was not a christian right so we know what atheists do they they admit sin to the level that it injures the other person what are we left with mm. theft mm-hmm. you know robbery mm-hmm. but there are some things we are living out like fornication you see that it doesn't hurt anybody mm-hmm. so whatever does not hurt anybody is not sin that is what is taught in atheistic moralism it, it is a moralism without god in it now for that we see moral pagans people they don't believe in anything spiritual but they are leading moral lives and that one to square with the prodigal son analysis is like the only time you are concerned about your sin is when it goes horizontal mm-hmm. to the other person not against god yet this is a very small way it's a reductionist attitude mm. of christian doctrine mm. the bigger picture is that whether you sin against someone younger or at the same level as you are or a secular authority all that sums up to god and if there is anybody to go to it will only be the father because anyway if you are 21 or 22 years old right how many people have you seen that kenes where are you going to meet them they are scared some are dead <laughs> i'm going to i'm to them steve i should mention that steve started sinning when he was one day old <laughs> no 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 not one day old you got that wrong sinning in iniquity you conceived me. that is david talking right in iniquity was i conceived in the womb the moment we considered you human yeah. you are a villain only we could not chase you down because you are in the womb <laughs> otherwise the moment you come out we are looking for you criminal so steve started earlier <laughs> so steve is like you started this thing a bit earlier 9 months before you were seen <laughs> yeah so we we are criminals from the beginning 
We are criminals now. The only difference, if you, if you and I are Christian, then we are not criminals being chased down, mm-hmm. but uh, we are somewhere mm-hmm. preserved. You know, it's like a protective custody. Mm-hmm. We suspect you, but we are also prote- protecting you from other villains outside there. But the unregenerate, mm-hmm. those who have not repented, are serious villains. They, they are on the run. Okay? I don't have got a lot of movies in my yeah. mind here. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Indian movies. Indian, Indian. They should be Indian movies. Anyway, let us have that perspective that we are criminals oh, from man. beginning to the end, and it is always against God, mm-hmm. and it is the one to seek. Yeah. Mm. Amazing, amazing. Uh, yes, uh, read the scripture even as you come. Draw to a close. Um, Revelation chapter 2, verse 5. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, mm-hmm. or else I will come for you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. So the call to repentance is, is soon, as Adam could say. Mm-hmm. The call to repentance is not subtle, mm-hmm. it is urgent. We mm-hmm. ought to repent. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we are reckoning against a holy God, right? Mm-hmm. And there is the need to run to him mm-hmm. for, for grace, you know. Mm-hmm. Come to me and I will show you mercy. Mm-hmm. It is out of the loving kindness that we are mm-hmm. sustained. And just to, to note and to, to give a disclaimer, we... You know, sin, sin is weird. Sin is so funny. You know, there is the way um, you want to confess and then you, you remember who God is and you're like, hey, I'm even afraid of confession. Mm-hmm. We are only safe in the hands of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of, of David um, um, when, when God wants to punish him and he's to choose by hand of man mm-hmm. or by hand of God. Mm-hmm. And, and the psalmist is... It is in your hands, Lord, that I am safe because you are loving and you are kind to us. So to that point where we sin and we are falling short of the glory of God, let us run to Christ all the more. That is the moment we need God and we need his grace to abound to us every day. Yeah, uh, confession and repentance. Uh, it It calls for action. It calls for urgency. Sin not only... Sin is not only pleasurable, it is not only uh, burdensome to you, uh, but ultimately, in the grander view of things, it has grieved the heart of a holy God, and yeah. that, that is what necessitates it. It's not that, oh, I feel bad that I have done this. But yes, it's, that it's is It's not true. guilty conscience. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is that God, you have sinned against a holy God, and he is he, broken, uh, his heart is. Uh, you have sinned against him, mm. and he cannot. He cannot bear to have sin in his sight, because ultimately, uh, whether you confess it or not, he knows it. Yeah. Uh, it is you are trying to conceal something that he knows. You can conceal it from me and from Simeu, but God, where he is seated, he's just looking at Adams and he's like. When is this one going to tell me? I know this guy. That, hey, <laughs> I know mm, this guy. Hey, I know uh, you. Uh, hey. It's like you're just walking in his sanctuary and in his presence trying to read the word. Uh, Him, he's convicting you. You lied yesterday. Uh, oh, oh, what mean tweet did you send out to so-and-so? And the very other things that we, that we do. Oh, you, you threw a stone. 
I will not I will not proceed to maybe uh, I almost forgot this but we see through the Bible I just recalled this when when you read uh, Revelation chapter 2 verse it is verse 5 repentance is not a a new command that God has invented right now these are laws that God made from time immemorial now there are those laws that God handed down to Israelites and they ceased those laws that only marked a relationship between God and the Israelites uniquely we call them ceremonial laws mm. those things of washing yourself with water doing this before they were ceremonial they are not in force right now right but you learn that repentance is the one theme in the Bible that cuts across everywhere. From Moses to the prophets, from Christ to the uh, founding of the apostolic churches. And we see it in Christian history that is not in the Bible. Our, our, our Christian fathers, the people we would like to call their names here. Repentance has remained steadfast. And if there is any, this is the way to know whatever teaching, Christian teaching is in force right now. If Christ talked about it, mm -hmm. then it is in force right now, whether nobody else talked about it. And I was realizing when I was reading a few scriptures today in the morning that there are a lot of Christian doctrines that may be ambiguous. You know, we cannot understand them properly. But when it comes specifically to repentance, things are just verbatim. Mm -hmm. Look at, look at. Uh, Look at these two verses. In fact, verses of repentance could be the shortest verses in the Bible. Mm -hmm. they, they don't need interpreting. Like, I'm not going to interpret this one. I'm going to read it. This is uh, the Lord Jesus Christ in Luke 5.32. He says, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pray. Let's pray. <laughs> <laughs> then, in another place, this is Matthew chapter, chapter 4, verse 17. You see, from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Full stop. I mean, it's verbatim. Look at Acts 17.30. That is Paul. For the times of ignorance, God overlooked, but now he calls every man to repent. Full stop. I mean, you know, there are not those long verses like mm. Romans 8.29 yeah, that you will read yeah. forever or Esther or Nehemiah. You know, those things. They're just verbatim and it cuts across all dispensations in the bible it is consistent i'm saying that because there is this part of christianity and theologians can be very dangerous that the, the, um, roman theologians they say that this call to repentance is something that was ceremonial among the israelites it may have stopped and Whatever we are doing right now may not be consistent or taught anywhere in the Bible. Mm. It is it is taught. Mm, yeah. It is. Mm. 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 Yeah. First John one verse ten. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Mm. If we fail to confess, if we fail to repent. We deceive ourselves. And the truth that we so claim mm. lives and dwells in us. Mm. Actually, it does not. If we claim to know him, yet we don't obey such simple commands of confession mm. and of repentance. 
we are liars, we make God out to be a liar, we deceive ourselves, and the word does not live or abide in us. True. Um, maybe to add something little on that, talking of impenitence, no, that is someone who does not repent. Mm. The rock hard. Mm. Dasena is someone who is rock hard and mm-hmm. needs to be cracked from within mm-hmm. and being cracked from within yet by external forces. There is the judgment part of this, like we see in uh, Romans chapter 1, mm-hmm. that says, God, when someone is impenitent, for long, mm-hmm. like the Israelites, and that mm-hmm. is the account of Romans chapter 1. Mm-hmm. Paul says that God gave them up. Mm-hmm. It gets to a point where God leaves you to continue on that course. Mm-hmm. And it is the worst judgment. That is a Lister Beck saying mm-hmm. that we should never think that earthquakes, you know, floods are the worst kind God can do in a a world that is, has got no repentance, mm. but when the world when, when the world is left on its own course mm. by God, so that you no, know, you guys just do whatever you want. Mm. I, I'm leaving you. you know, go go have your life. You you want to fornicate? Mm-hmm. You, go ahead then. That's the worst judgment that God can bring, mm-hmm. and yet. He does not leave you free for long. Mm-hmm. He leaves you free for 70 years mm-hmm. and 80 years by mm-hmm. reason of mercies and grace. Mm-hmm. And soon enough, you are dead and the grass is growing over your grave. <laughs> and there is that time when you appear before your master. And let, let me just say what, what, what Pink says. He says that the greatest fear of an atheist is not the rain, is not fire. Is to meet a God who exists. Mm. <laughs> Later on, when there is nothing you can do about it, mm. when the unrepentant meets the one who needed and commanded repentance, it is a bad picture. And you, you know, can imagine that. Mm. Uh, we don't want to disturb the waters. <laughs> we don't want to joke with. The living God, the God will punish mm. sin. And dear listeners, that is what we we had for us today. Um, we have uh, said this. We are also challenging ourselves to go back and preach it to our hearts and live these truths every day. Repentance is out of fear for who God is. Repentance is running towards the mercy of the Lord. Mm. And repentance is being aware who you are before a living God mm-hmm. and being aware of this. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve has a parting shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the call to repentance is indeed urgent. Uh, Psalm 53, I'll briefly read it. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt and their ways are vile. There is no one who does good. Actually, God, in verse 2, looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there is any who understand and any who seek God. And sadly, in verse 3, it says, Everyone has turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, 
Not even one. And elsewhere in scripture tells us to the man who has been rebuked again and again and again you have been warned, you have been warned. It will come a time when your neck or is it your head will be broken now beyond repair. First Peter, or is it second Peter that says God is not hasty, but he is patient for the salvation of everyone. But also this patience has an end. Yeah, his patience does not endure forever. That is very true. He's patient, but he will also judge us. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. We are glad and we are delighted. We hope that you you shall consider your lives, consider repentance because of its urgency and because ultimately Christ shall come back to take his people. He will not he will not deny or cast away the one who comes to him pleading and crying that he may be forgiven. He is a merciful and a gracious king and master. Uh, thank you and uh, Goodbye.